you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 316 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, usually I talk about the the previous game that we just saw. But today I'm talking a little bit about Ramon Laureano's struggles. And I don't know if that's going to be the first and second segment or just the first and some of the second or how long that's going to take. So I got that. I've got AJ Puck as either a bullpen option or a trade candidate. And then I've got some other stuff to talk about here in the third segment because I got a question on Twitter that I'm going to address about uh, the the city votes and whether or not that's impacting the A's going out and getting players. And so I put together some thoughts on that as well. So that's what I got coming for you guys today. And in tomorrow's episode, I'll be giving you a little bit of a primer for the city vote that will be happening on Tuesday. So that'll be nice and fresh in your feeds Tuesday morning. So you know what to look for ahead of the city vote. And then after the city vote happens, I will probably be doing another podcast. Podcast. So the the episodes will be a little bit strange this week uh, in terms of timing. They're not going to be usual timing, but you will still get your usual five. Uh, you, you might just not get one on Friday. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but you'll get your five. It might just be like two on Tuesday and then uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then, you know, we go from there. So that's what we got coming up for you guys this week and also today. But before I get into the actual episode, uh, the draft just completed and locked on MLB prospects has you covered for every future star of Major League Baseball. Host Aram Layton brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow this podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. And uh, maybe at the end of the episode, if I remember... I got some news for you guys. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but I got some news for you guys. Um, retaining to, to the to the podcast, not not personal news. I, I'm done with personal news. This is a good podcast thing that I think you guys might be excited about. So stick around for the end of the episode or just the third segment. I'll just do it at the the, uh, the beginning of the third segment. But also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. Thank you to everybody that showed up on Sunday. I'll be do, going live again uh, probably in the middle of the week this time. Just be. Sundays are rough for people, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it early in the week this time. So uh, I'll let you guys know. You gotta follow me on the Spotify Green Room app at by Jason B, and uh, you'll be alerted when my room goes live. Um, and also, if you have any questions for us, please send those to lockdownathletics at gmail.com. So. Real quick, I know that I said that I wasn't going to talk about the game, but the A's lost this one to Cleveland 4-2. They lost 2 out of 3 to Cleveland, who had been struggling entering the All-Star break. And for the A's, they had also been struggling going into the All-Star break. They finally won a series right before the All-Star break against the Texas Rangers. And I was like, you know, maybe this break is coming at the right time. They're going to they're gonna recharge at the break and, you know, come out firing and doing stuff. And then they got the walk-off win on Friday because of Jed Lowry and his, you know, his vampireness, I guess, if you want to call it that. And then uh, they they just did not do enough uh, on Saturday or Sunday. They were both close games. So they're still in these games against teams that are above 500 and that are, you know, competitive in the American League. So 
that's good, but the offense is just really a sore spot right now. Mark Hanna came back, so that's good. He's been, you know, getting hit by pitches, so he's he's in midseason form. And then uh, Mitch Moreland has been swinging the bat a little bit better. He was uh, brought up as well, or he was activated from the IL, and Frank Schwindel was DFA'd and then claimed by the Chicago Cubs. So now he is no longer an option for the A's offense, so that's fun. Um, and so there's just a lot of question marks. And I think that it all boils down to, for me, Ramon Laureano. I think that that's, that's the main guy that if he gets going, the offense is going to start clicking a little bit better. Uh, one thing that I saw on Twitter a whole bunch over the weekend is Elvis Andrews is not a number two hitter. And yeah, I mean, on paper, I also agree with that. You know, in theory, yes. But the way that he's swinging the bat now and for the last couple of months he is their number two hitter compared to like guys like Ramon Laureano, Chad Pinder on the IL. Who else is going to be in that number two hole behind Mark Canna unless you're putting Matt Olson right there? But don't you want to get as many guys on in front of your best hitter, Matt Olson, as you can, especially when the offense is sputtering like this? So sure, you could go Canna to uh, Matt Olson, but you may be leaving a run on the table if you don't hope that there's another guy that gets on base there but you know multiple runners on base is also kind of the A's uh the A's kryptonite this season or at least currently so uh maybe they should just move him to the two hole but who would be hitting third now uh, would it be Jed Lowry should Jed Lowry be hitting second or do you want him in more RBI spots since he's able to get more hits it, there's not really a great way to construct the roster with how many bats are cold right now, but I think that the guy that you would want in the number two hole, if he was doing better than he has been, is Ramon Laureano. Uh, this, you know, this last series, just so the whole second half, the, the entirety of the second half, or you know, one series against the Cleveland Indians, uh, he went one for twelve with a double and four strikeouts, and on that double, he tried to stretch it into a triple, and he was thrown out at third. And that's the reason that I'm talking about him is because it looks like he's pressing. He's like, I did something good. I want to be that spark for this team. I want, I, I need to do something good on the baseball field. Let's go, you know, make that extra play. And then he got gunned down and the A's, you know, that Seth Brown hit a home run later that inning, but I don't think that they got another hit the rest of the game after that. So it was kind of a, an offense killer as opposed to an offense igniter and, that's just kind of how it's been going for Ramon lately. Uh, over his last 30, he's hitting 202 with a 295 on base and a 611 on, uh, OPS. And over his last 15, he's hitting 183 with a 234 on base and a 484 OPS, which is not great by any means. And Steve Berman of The Athletic, uh, you know, Bay Area baseball guy, uh, he's been tweeting about how the A's offense in the outfield has been struggling. And, you know, Mark Hanna's been out for a lot of that. So it's not the healthy A's outfield offense, but it is the guys that were there and the guys that had been struggling and the numbers that he'd been posting uh, are indicative of what I've, I've been kind of alluding to for about a month or month and a half now. Is And that is the A's need another right fielder to either platoon with Piscotty or, you know, move Piscotty to do whatever a bench bat or whatever the hell he's going to be but they need a everyday right fielder that can give them good defense and another big bet in the lineup. And that's why I started saying Joey Gallo. I th still think that he's good. He's 
probably going to cost a ransom, but I think that Joey Gallo would be a decent option. And he gets on base too, which is nice. Maybe you place him second in front of uh, Matt Olson and then you see what happens from there because that would be fun. You get Canna going, then you get Gallo going, and then you get Matt Olson and uh, Nelson Cruz. Uh, the A's have all the prospects in the world according to this fantasy, and that's, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. But let's stick on uh, Ramon's struggles here because I think you can see how to fix him by looking at his stat line, but I don't know if that is changing the uh, his DNA as a baseball player at the same time because he I think that his approach is w what needs some working right now and uh, I'll, I'll give you the stats and why I feel that way so his season average exit velocity is in the 36 percentile which is not great that's not what you want you want to be you know 60 70 80 90 even that would be great but 36 that is not a great place to be on your average exit velocity. And I think that average exit velocity is better than max exit velocity. Uh, he has a good max exit velocity. It's like in the 80th percentile. It was, it was a little darker red, but uh, for average exit velocity, that means that you're hitting the ball hard on average. And that is what I want to see more often. Sure, if you hit the ball 115 once, that's max exit velocity. That, that's a one ball, but average exit velocity means that you're doing that over the course of the season. And that is something that Ramon has not been doing. And I don't know that you need that stat to tell you that uh, you could look at his other stats or, you know, just watch him and kind of get that sense. But that is this, that's one stat for you guys. And his walk rate is in the 37th percentile. So also not good. I mean, you want to be at least above 50, I guess is kind of my benchmark is be above 50 and don't suck at anything. And uh, that's too off the off the bat that he's not been great at his chase rate, which means balls that are outside of the zone that he's swinging at 37th percentile. So that means that he's swinging at a lot of balls outside of the zone. Uh, his whiff rate, which is just swinging, missing 42nd percentile. So that means that he swings and misses a decent amount as well. His strikeout rate is in the 27th percentile, which means he strikes out a lot. And then his barrel percentage, which is good, actually, it's in the 75th percentile. And that is solid. Uh, that means that he's making good contact when he makes contact, but he's kind of swinging at everything and hoping for the best, which is, you know, what people say about Joey Gallo, but Joey Gallo has, you know, ridiculous amount of pop and he also has a nice on base percentage so he's selected he might swing and miss because he's trying to put a charge into it but he knows where the strike zone is and that's something that Ramon is not doing currently so that is something that I found very very interesting and I've got a little bit more going on with uh, some guys some comps for where his percentile rankings are and what kind of a hitter he may need to be moving forward to be an effective big leaguer or you know an effective part of this A's lineup because uh, he's already been an effective big leaguer but you know on a more consistent basis I want consistency for Ramon Laureano so I'm going to give you guys some of that stuff coming up so uh, stay locked in we're locked on A's and I'll have that right up for you. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, the NHL, the NFL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. The Bucks are going for the series win in the NBA Finals on Tuesday night. So if you got a feeling about whether that one's going to end or go to seven, you should head on over to Bet Online. And also before the next pitch is when you should head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit out the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are 
you know, they're pushing their chips in right now for their runs in the playoffs. So you should head over to their website or use their mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. And that's why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you're like here in podcasts. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I, I had been talking about Ramon Laureano and where some of his season ranks were uh, among the, the league leaders and all that stuff. But uh, what I want to get into right now is barrel percentage and where he ran, like some of, some of the comps for barrel percentage and also his exit velocity. So here's where I went with those guys. His barrel percentage uh, at 75th percentile in baseball. Uh, right here, you got Juan Soto at 77th percentile. So he's very close to Juan Soto, one of the best baseball players in, in the game right now. He's only 22. He's fantastic. He's going to start hitting dingers because he was in the home run derby. That Juan Soto, he's been great. Jesse Winker is 76th percentile, and Jesse Winker is also an all-star caliber player. He was voted in as a starting uh, outfielder for the Reds and the National League. He's had a fantastic season. He's an on-base guy. He's been great. And then you got J.D. Martinez, who is having a a big bounce-back season after a down 2020. These are all three all-star caliber players, and... J.D. Martinez is in the 78th percentile. Not sure if I said that, but you got 77, 76, and 78th percentile, and Ramon Laureano is right there at 75th. And sure, there's a few players in each of those tiers, in each of those percentiles, but that's the company that he is keeping. So what is he missing that is keeping him from being one of those players? And it's that average exit velocity for me. Uh, for Juan Soto, he's in the 94th percentile in average exit velocity, which means that he's not trying to kill everything, but he does make good contact consistently. And then you got Jesse Winker, 79th percentile. You got J.D. Martinez, 87th percentile. So if you want him to be a home run hitter or one of those kinds of guys, he's going to have to improve the average exit velocity, which means a different approach as opposed to, you know, trying to pull everything or he has to go the other way and just settle for a base hit every now and then is what the numbers say right there. Whether or not that's the approach, I'm not positive, but that is what that is saying because his average exit velocity is in the 36th percentile, which is more than half of, you know, even the lowest Jesse Winker at 79. So uh, he needs to more than double his average exit velocity, not by numbers, but, you know, by percentile to get into that realm of baseball player. But I did find one guy who was also an all-star caliber player who also uh, had you know, a, a low ax average exit velocity, but also barreled the ball fairly well. And that is Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. You may not have heard of him. He was uh, a trade pick from, uh, I believe, uh, the Giants. He was on the Giants at some point. He got over to Pittsburgh. He's been fantastic for them for a couple of seasons. And this year he's hitting 301 with a 389 on base and a 909 OPS and he has 17 home runs. So would you take that from Ramon Laureano? I think you would. And even if he was hitting 270, if his uh, OBP was like 330, 340, somewhere a little bit better where he's getting a few more walks, I think you'd take that. And he's got 17 homer pop. So I don't think that that's the question. I think that it's hunting fastballs all the time and what you do in between those home runs for Ramon that he's going to have to work on. I, th I think it's approach. But uh, let's just talk about Brian Reynolds for just one second uh, because he is in the 36th percentile on average 
exit velocity, so they are tied. They are in the same percentile for average exit velocity, but uh, obviously Brian Reynolds has a 301 batting average, so he's doing something different. And in terms of uh, the barrel percentage, or barrel percentile, he is in the 71st percentile. So he's actually doing worse at barreling baseballs than Ramon Laureano, but he's also, uh, you know, hitting a lot better and was an all-star this season. And the difference is the walk rate, because Ramon is in the 37th percentile, and Brian Reynolds is in the 80th percentile. So the guys that succeed with his percentile ranks are back control guys. They, they have, they, they can put the bat on the ball, place it where they want to. And I don't know that that's Ramon's game, but it might be something to consider in the offseason is try and just make good contact as opposed to great or elite contact and see if you can just, you know, dunk a ball over the first baseman, get that double, you know, into the corner, go into right field or something like that. Um, because the guys that are ahead of him, that have very similar uh, percentile rankings. You got Brian Reynolds, you got Jeff McNeil, who's having a bit of a down season, but he's also a very big contact guy. And then you got Jose Altuve. Those are the three guys right there. Would you want any of those guys on your team? I think you would. I mean, maybe not Altuve for like other reasons, but as a baseball player, I think that you take him on the Oakland A's any day of the week. So I think that the problem with Ramon currently is either pitch recognition or approach. And after the game uh, in Steve Berman's athletic article, he was talking about how Bob Melvin and Seth Brown had been giving uh, the, the hitting coach uh, Bush a lot of credit for what he's been doing and getting the guys ready and all that stuff. And, you know, little adjustments and all that stuff. And I'm not usually somebody who clamors for guys to lose their jobs at all, uh, especially in the middle of the season. But it feels like the A's offense has been struggling for a while. They're not consistent like they should be because they're not performing up to their talent. And that is something that, you know, the A's need to do. They need to at least perform up to their talent on a fairly consistent basis. Um, and maybe they just need a different, you know, guy telling them what to do uh, in their ears on a on an everyday basis. And so maybe, maybe it is time that uh, they... They do need to make a change at hitting coach, uh, but according to the, the reports, it doesn't sound like uh, they're displeased with what he's been doing, so I doubt that that's actually going to happen. But, I mean, it's something to consider, I, I would say, because I've seen it a few times where, you know, they, they fire the hitting coach, and then all of a sudden, uh, the offense just goes bonkers for no reason whatsoever. But I think that that's usually because they didn't like the guy, and now he's gone and they're all happy, and I don't know that that would be the case here, so... Uh, we'll see with that one, but uh, I do want to touch on AJ Puck a little bit here uh, before I send it over to the second segment or the third segment. I apologize, uh, and that is uh, AJ Puck has been pitching a little bit better in July, so that's been nice. And I haven't talked about it, so I want to talk about it. He's made five appearances. He's got nine and a third innings pitched. He's given up 13 hits, which is concerning, and I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, he's struck out 11 guys in those nine and one third innings. He's only uh, walked three, which is solid. He has an 0.9 96 ERA. That's all. That's all great. But it's that that hit total, which is bad. And then also uh, his whip is 1.71. And I know that he plays in AAA and pitching in AAA is, uh, especially the West, is ridiculously hard. And so I understand that he also has a home run rate of uh, two and a half per nine, which is really, really high. Um, it's one of the worst in AAA. But at the same time, he is he has an extraordinarily high BABIP. The BABIP against him right now, or batting average on balls in play, is 391, which, is that him or is that bad luck? I don't know, but I'm going to say that it's bad luck because AAA West is just a, a nightmare place to, to pitch. And 
I, I sorted it by guys that have pitched at least 30 innings in AAA this season in the AAA West, and he is 44th out of 46 in BABIP against. So uh, it leads me to believe that he's one of the more unlucky guys. And he had the best stat line of anybody in that realm right there. He had the highest strikeout rate, the lowest walk rate. So he's, it seems like it's more bad luck, but at the same time, I want to see him do this a little bit more than he, than he's done, you know, five appearances. That's not enough for me. I, one, I mean, he's, he's been healthy for a couple of months and that's been great. He missed uh, three or four weeks from April to May, but since May, the beginning of May, he's been healthy. And so that's, that's a plus my prediction for this season coming in. My bold prediction for the A's was that AJ puck would be healthy. I didn't think that he'd be in AAA, but he has been mostly healthy. So I'm feeling very, very good about that. And so there's been some speculation like, Oh, could he be a, a bullpen piece for the A's? Do they need to go after or a bullpen piece, or could they just bring him up and have him be the bullpen piece? And for me, that's a that's a big ask for AJ Puck, who has been struggling in AAA and all of that stuff. He has a 317 batting average against, and whether or not that that's AAA aided and ballpark aided, you gotta you gotta have a sense that that is you know you put him in a major league ballpark, sure, but he's facing major league hitters now. So there's, there's the difference right there. So is he going to be, you know, lights out? Is he going to have like a 250 average against? I don't know. So it, it, it'd be a risk. And I think that I would still, at least if he was a bullpen piece, I think that I would still want them to go after other bullpen pieces uh, to give them a little bit more depth, at least, or, you know, some, some, uh, some backup for just in case AJ Puck does not work out if he was a bullpen piece. And I posed this question on Twitter and I was like, is he trade bait or is he a bullpen piece for the A's? And, I mean, some people were like, ah, he doesn't have any trade value. Why would you trade him now? Or, you know, he's terrible. Just cut him. <laughs> and some people are like, no, he's a, he's a bullpen piece. So I think that there's a, a good split of fans on, on both sides right here. And I don't know where I, for the people that don't think today has value. I think that he does have a decent amount of trade value. Is it as high as it's ever been? No, but he's healthy right now. And if the A's are tired of, you know, dealing with whether or not he's going to be healthy and they want somebody who's more of a sure thing, then now would be the time to trade him because he isn't a free agent until 2026. So he's got years in years of control. So if you think that if, if a team out there is like, Hey, that's a wild card that I will take a bet on for my rental guy. You know, if I've got, you know, Craig Kimbrell and Chris Bryant, just, you know, picking two guys randomly that might be available that the A's could use as an outfielder and a closer. Um, AJ Puck as, you know, a potential guy that, you know, hey, we're not going to sign these guys. We're not going to get anything for them. We'll take AJ Puck and a couple of, you know, other flyers. And that's our package. And I think that that would be that would be a decent package for the Cubs because you might be able to get a second or a third starter in your rotation for the next half decade and maybe even sign them a little bit longer than that. So because they have money, uh, they don't like to spend it, but they have it. Uh, so that would be a decent trade option for the Chicago Cubs. Are you going to get an AJ Puck for those two guys anywhere else? Probably not. And do you do AJ Puck for Craig Kimbrell straight up? I don't know. Uh, Kimberl does have that extra option for next year uh, that it could vest, but it's $16 million and that I don't think that the A's necessarily want to use the $16 million option. So they'd probably try to move him. So that doesn't necessarily appeal to Oakland in the trade negotiations by any means, but for people that think that he doesn't have trade value, I think that he has plenty. Um, and it, it, a team out there thinks that uh, he's going to stay healthy and that he just needs to make an adjustment or get away from the A's, uh, you know, farm system and get a change of scenery. He's a good change of scenery candidate, I think. So uh, if, if there's a team out there that thinks that that's the way or, you know, Pittsburgh or whoever is out there that wants to, you know, make that deal, I think that there's a team out there that would take a chance on A.J. Puck as 
potentially a centerpiece of a trade deal. But I guess the big question is whether or not the A's are giving up on the AJ Puck project and they're going to, maybe they use Jesus Luzardo as that relief option for later on in this season, or whether or not they're seeing enough improvements uh, from him in AAA to make him be a, an option for the team this season. So uh, that, that's a that's a big question. And I don't know necessarily where I stand. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, yeah, trade AJ Puck. You know, maybe maybe it's time to move on and give him another life somewhere else and get get some return to push the chips in this season. And I think that that's still where I stand, where if he if you can go get Craig, Craig Kimbrell and Chris Bryant or, you know, two, I, I don't want you to just go get like Richard Rodriguez, you know, straight up for AJ Puck. That's that's not exciting to me. He's a good pitcher, but uh, that's not exciting to me. I want guys that are going to help win a World Series in Oakland. And if AJ Puck is the cost of doing business, then uh, I think that that's an OK cost. But I don't think that he's a throw-in candidate either. So I think that's where I stand right now. But uh, coming up, I got a, an exciting announcement for you guys for the podcast. And then I'm also talking about whether or not the A's deal with the city is holding up trade negotiations with other teams. So stay locked in with Lockdown Ace, and I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar in the world, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, then you are missing out. But I got a list in front of me, and I will tell you the flavors that you could be enjoying from the comfort of your home, office, work, wherever you're doing things. I got a list for you guys. We got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. And if you want to know what my flavor is, it's cherry barcia. I am in a cherry barcia mood right now, and I wish that I had some right next to me. But if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. Well, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, and then you can pick out which one is your favorite, and then you can be like, Jason, cherry barcia is amazing, or double chocolate, or salted caramel. Whichever one is right for you, you can tell me which one you like the most. So if you like 17 to 18 grams of protein and only 130 to 180 calories and four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs in your protein bars, all you got to do is go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So before I get into the final you know topic of a discussion, the big announcement here is that uh, we're getting a YouTube page. Locked On has been pushing everybody towards YouTube, and uh, now it's open enrollment, open season, and uh, I got an email saying, hey, read this handbook, and I'm about to do that. So um, at some point, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we will have a YouTube channel, and we will have the you know the regular podcast on Spotify or uh, Odyssey, Apple Pods, wherever you like hearing podcasts, we'll still be there. But you can also see my face on YouTube while watching the, the podcast or listening to the podcast, if that is something that you want to do. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to have to learn how to turn my head towards the computer as opposed to looking directly at my microphone if the sound 
sound changed right there. It's because I moved my head slightly. So <laughs> get excited. It's going to be a learning curve and I'm going to have so much fun doing it. Um, so yeah, it, you can see me smile talking about the A's. So uh, when that comes on, get excited. Subscribe to the YouTube channel when it's available and all that stuff. But I just wanted to let you guys know because I'm very excited to be doing this and it, it's going to be a good, good time. But let's wrap up this show from the question that I got from Nick on Twitter. And he asks, do you think that the stadium situation has anything to do with their play, the A's play? And do you think that the A's are waiting to make moves until the city votes? Seems like the organization is in a funk. And I do agree. The organization does seem like they are in a funk, but I do think that they are uh, not necessarily related. Um, I don't think that the stadium situation has anything to really do with their play because uh, if they're Oakland A's fan or Oakland A's players, they don't know when that ballpark's getting built or when they would have to move or anything like that. I know that it could be a cloud, like if they do have to leave before, uh, you know, when the, uh, the lease with the stadium is over with in 2024, then maybe they'd have to relocate. But how many of these guys are really thinking that far in the future and whether or not they're going to be with this team that is notorious for trading players by 2024. So, uh, is it, could it be? Maybe, but I don't think that it's really present in their 2021 play on the field right now. I think that it's just been a, a bad month and they keep making the same mistakes over and over. And uh, I think that, you know, guys like Ramon Laureano are pressing a little bit more and that hasn't been great. Um, but, you know, it's trade deadline season, which was the other part of your question. So let's get to that one. And that is, uh, do are the A's waiting to make moves until the city votes? And I don't think that that's quite it either because I don't think that they're waiting for the city because if they wanted a yes vote from the city then they'd be dealing already uh, if there was a perceived impact on whether or not like how the team was doing would impact the vote whatsoever which I don't know that there is but if that was you know if that was it and they wanted a yes then yes they would be doing that and if they were going for a no then they weren't going to do much anyway so it didn't really matter they're just kind of doing their own thing instead what I think is actually going on is it's just the trade market. It, it takes a while. I know that the A's have needed these things for, you know, the last few weeks, you know, they, they blow a game. Everybody's like, oh, they need bull bean paces right now. Or the, the A's outfielders are struggling and we're like, we need outfielders right now. And I think that they're trying, because they don't have a ton of trade capital. They have limited trade capital. So they're waiting to see who's selling because there could be like heading into the break. We were like, hey, the Yankees are playing the Red Sox for, you know, seven games or whatever, like two series coming up very quickly. Are they going to be selling? And uh, it, they, I think they won two out of three. I'm not positive, but I think that they won two out of three in this weekend series. So uh, looks like they might not be selling. Maybe they're making a push. Maybe they'll actually be buying pieces. So, but uh, are the Nats going to be selling? Are the Braves going to be selling? I know that they just got Jock Peterson, but they got a nice little rough stretch coming on. So it's kind of their last hurrah this next two weeks. If the Braves are selling, do you want to go after like Charlie Morton or something like that? I think that they're trying to see who the final teams that will be selling are before they get rid of some of their juicier pieces, like potentially an AJ puck or something like that. So, um, would we love to see the A's making moves already and already have the, the, the roster that they're going to have? Of course. But at the same time, uh, they, they did. They lost two out of three this weekend, but they didn't lose any ground to Houston. They gave up some ground to the Toronto Blue Jays, who are now two and a half games back, which sinks. And I think that Toronto is actually a team to watch out for. If you listen to my uh, my crossover with uh, Locked On Twins host Nash Walker, I said watch out for the Toronto Blue Jays. They're going to be amazing in the second half, and they haven't even added pitching yet. So <laughs> watch out for Toronto, indeed. Um, but no, I don't think that the 
what's going on with the city vote is impacting what's going on with the Oakland A's on the field or in the front office uh, in, in terms of making moves or anything like that. I think that it's been just the usual ebbs and flows of the season and uh, the, the trade deadline in particular. But I still think that the A's are going to make a big splash. They're going to go get a couple of pieces. They're going to address those needs in a realistic way. They're not going to go after it. I don't know who the crappy people are, but uh, it, Adam Duvall is one guy that was thrown out. And I was like, ah, do I want Adam Duvall? And then I keep seeing him in highlights and he's got like 20 home runs. He's been fantastic this year. I'm like, yeah, Adam Duvall would be great. Um, so, you know, I, I, he'd be like the lower tier guy where he's not Joey Gallo, but can he play defense? I haven't looked at it yet, but he, his offensive numbers have been solid. So maybe Adam Duvall is a guy that you want to go after. But I, I, I feel like I remember looking up a stats and he wasn't good at defense. So that's worrisome. But otherwise, go get Adam Duvall. And then, you know, bullpen arms, there's plenty of those. Um, hopefully you get one. DAs, did we know who Cole Irvin was before the season? No. And he's been really, really good for the A's. I think that they want a little bit, uh, you know, higher pedigree than Cole Irvin. Uh, no offense to Cole Irvin by any means. I love Cole Irvin, but uh, I think they might want somebody who can be their, you know, fill in as their closer and then move Lou Trevino to the eighth or the seventh, depending on what they're doing with Deakman and all that stuff and uh, how Romo's doing and all that. But uh, give them some length is what I'm going for. And I want somebody who can take over the ninth and be that, you know, veteran presence and, uh, you know, I, I want Craig Kimbrell is what I want. So, uh, but that is all that I got for you guys today. Um, tomorrow I'm talking a little bit about the stadium situation and, uh, all that fun, fun stuff. So I'll try to be as informative as I can to get you guys ready for that vote on Tuesday. It's a big moment in Oakland history or Oakland A's history. And, uh, so yeah, it's going to be super fun to talk about the team maybe leaving. We'll see. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Yeah.